Okay, it's happening. You said that I'd be conducting the interview. Hey, Everybody stay calm. I'm here so I won't get found. I'm going to take my town. It's the best sports podcast on 27th Street with your host, Little Pablo from 27. Hey, that's me. This is the podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I know I mixed up that order, but you get the picture. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another great installment of the podcast. Welcome once again to this great episode. I know last week we tried recording an episode with my great guest, who is back this week. We're trying to get a full episode, of course, some minor technical difficulties, but nonetheless, he is back. He is awesome. And I want to give him a much more introduction than I did last time because I know I fumbled it a little bit come uh, last week. So this man is currently the staff writer at The Athletic for the Green Bay Packers. He also has an incredible background working alongside. uh, I got to work alongside with him at Eagle News International covering NBA games, covering the NCAA Men's Final Four. He got to cover one before me too and on top of that he is just a super super great guy ladies and gentlemen one of my great friends josh tolentino josh how's it going man wow pablo thank you so much for that introduction man you should gotta be there man if um the stuff at wek doesn't work out you definitely gotta check out a side gig as a wedding uh, hype man because that was great (laughs) (laughs) good to be here man it's a busy day there we go, and, and so yeah, I, I knew we we wanted to talk a little earlier. We wanted to, and um, we had to push this back a little bit. No worries at all, of course, on that. Uh, Josh, why has it been a busy day for you? Man, I mean, well, today Tuesday we're recording. This was the NFL trade deadline, obviously, and the Packers. It's just the you know they're not having the season they were expected to have. They're they're sitting at three three and one in the NFC North. And, you know, that kind of sounds pretty bad, but the state of the NFC North, you look at the, the teams, they're all basically within a game of each other. So, you know, getting that playoff spot is definitely still within reach, but they, they had to make some moves. And, you know, Ty Montgomery made headlines on Sunday. They're they're in such a close game in Los Angeles. I'm, I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners were, were able to catch that game, if not the highlights, and they see Ty Montgomery fumble. Basically, their last chance at uh, you know winning that game. It's 20, the, the, the final score twenty nine twenty seven, and the Packers they they get a kickoff with I think just uh, over two minutes left. Man, Ty Montgomery fumbles. He should have just stayed in the end zone. He, he instead he he returns it. He fumbles it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get the ball back. And you know if Aaron Rodgers gets the ball back, they're likely driving that field. And you know the Packers traded him today along with safety Haha Clinton Dix. So. Just a, a couple of moves in the NFL, um, but the Packers definitely made um, some noise with with those two. And and you're absolutely right, Josh. Especially with how the NFC North has been, everybody always expects the Packers to do well. We knew that. Uh, shout out to Mark Kim and Suichi too, by the way. The Lions would be sitting at uh, at the cellar for sure of the North, but the Chicago Bears too are surprising. No one, you know, no one was. Um, no one was surprised, though, by the Vikings and how they're doing, but they're also kind of more just middle of the road. They're not performing up to par at how they're expecting. And, and like I said, too, the Chicago Bears are turning a lot of heads. Uh, so with that with that in mind, too, how have the Packers, you know, kind of seen um, the NFC North and this type of turnaround? As you mentioned, you know, their season hasn't been going uh, up to par lately. Yeah, I had a couple of radio hits earlier today, Pablo, and I kind of said the same thing. You know, I don't want to hold judgment on – 
any team in the NFL until they hold or until they play all their division games, which the Packers have. But it was like after the Packers played, you know, the Bears in week one, then they, they tie with the Vikings. And then after I left Detroit, there was still unknownness about the division and about the Packers and where they stand. You know, it's really kind of a free for all. The the Vikings are showing that they're playing they're playing better. You know, they they lo- they lose to the Saints um, in Sunday Night Football this week, but they're still they're still you know they're they're clicking better than they were. But in terms of the Packers, man, they're just really inconsistent uh, against the Bears. You know, the the Bears have a revamped defense with Khalil Mack, and uh, you know that Week One crazy game everyone saw that back home that that Rogers directs that that comeback for the ages. But really, they're two of their three wins, the Bears and the Niners, they've been comeback last-second type victories. And, you know, they've, they, they've played tight with, you know, these other teams like, like the Vikings. And it's just they're, they're kind of playing up and down their competition, really. The, you know, they, they played the, basically the best team in the NFL last week, the best team in the NFL, the only undefeated team in the league, Aiden O, the Rams. And they basically beat them the entire game. Um, you know, they're they're leading basically the entire game and kind of throw it away at the end, throw away a chance to to come back. And you know, the road doesn't get any easier for them with the with the Patriots. Uh, they're traveling to New England this weekend. And and that's going to be a crazy one. You know, not only is is this going to be a matchup, of course, just namesake wise, but you do have two of potentially at least Josh from our generation for sure, two of the best quarterbacks of all time that we've got that we've gotten to see uh of course you know you, you got to think about Peyton Manning you also got to put Drew Brees in that conversation too but Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady this is going to be a match of the century so what what is it that Green Bay is um should really focus on come uh playing against the New England Patriots yeah I know you say you know two of our generation but I mean really just I mean, they're generational quarterbacks. When you when you talk about Tom Brady and you talk about Aaron Rodgers, they are the goats, and they're the. I know we just had Drew Brees break, you know, a pretty historic record, and he was just on Sunday Night Football last week. But these two are the goats, and that's it's it's going to be a great matchup. And honestly, when it comes to the Packers, um, they they just have to concentrate on themselves. They can they can line up, and this is uh, really a team model, and um, one of the few teams in the NFL who play like this in practice. You know, of course, they practice for their opponent and they, they study their opponent. They watch film. But a lot of the Packers' game plan is self-scout. They concentrate on themselves. If Aaron Rodgers and his receivers, and, and along with the defense on all cylinders, if they're clicking, that's really all they're concerned about. It doesn't matter if they're facing Brady. It doesn't matter if they're facing Trubisky. If they can take care of what is in their game plan, that's really their biggest concern all week. And I know Tom Brady is one of obviously a very very dangerous opponent one of uh, like what we said the quarterback doesn't come around too often but if the defense can hone in on on their responsibilities and their task and, and Rodgers click with with his receivers he's got all his weapons back then the Packers I think will be fine now Josh uh yeah you know what I, I will go back on the the comment too it's it is very fair to say that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady should be in the conversation of the GOATs, um, not even just from our generation, but in football history, especially with the versatility that Aaron Rodgers brings, the success that Tom Brady has. And uh, the, the big thing that I uh, and, and really caught the public eye was the advertisement spot for this upcoming Sunday Night Football game. It featured a nice little piece on both of those quarterbacks told by a uh, man, I think if you're familiar with this name, 
Josh, uh, by the name of Michael Jordan. Um, and I want to <laughs> say, he, yes, led the Chicago Bulls, um, our hometown team, uh, to uh, six championships and also is in a conversation of the GOAT. Now, to kind of give a little bit more background of this commercial. MJ is the GOAT, it, Pablo. Oh, oh, okay. So it looks like we've already gotten into this conversation. Um, when it comes to basketball, he's the GOAT. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you heard that hot take from Josh Lantino. We can talk about this a little bit more, but uh, to give everybody a little bit more of a background, if you haven't seen this commercial, please go ahead and do so. Um, it has a really great feature with Michael Jordan just kind of leading up, talking about the conversation of the GOAT, which is an acronym of uh, the greatest of all time, just to fill that gap as well. Uh, and, and you kind of think that he's talking about the debate about himself and LeBron James in more of a subtle sense. However, it transitions right into two shots of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, which I think it's well done. It's a really well done commercial. And on top of that, um, the commercial also got a great response from no one else um, or the uh, the man himself, LeBron James. LeBron James responds to this commercial saying that uh, I'm ready because Michael Jordan says the only way to determine who the greatest of all time will be is if they play each other one-on-one. And everyone's thinking, oh, Michael Jordan's going to play LeBron James? No, it's the Sunday Night Football preview. But LeBron James also responds in a tweet saying, I'm ready. So, Josh, I mean, you've already got your answer. Michael Jordan's the GOAT? When it comes to basketball, he's the GOAT. But, you know, when when it comes to football, you know, they, they still have, uh, I know, Tom Brady, he's, in, he's already hitting 40, you know, but that's, that's what Aaron Rodgers is aspiring to to play I know their styles of play are pretty different in terms of you know Brady's your more traditional aired out quarterback Rodgers obviously can throw it too but he likes to he loves to create off schedule and that's really where a lot of his success is from man but I mean it's it's really going to be a great matchup and this is what the NFL lives for uh they're turning into a quarterback league and not just that but they love high-powered offensive scores um you, you know, they don't like seeing those low-type scoring games. It's, it's all about the offense now. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the country is basically going to get what they want this Sunday night, and it's going to be an exciting matchup in Foxborough as, you know, you got Rodgers and then you got Brady. It doesn't really get much better than that. And, you know, they, the thing is they don't play each other that often, you know, unless it's in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So with with these opposing uh, conferences, divisions, they, I, think, I think it's only, I think, once every eight years, I want to say, they play. Um, but it's it's going to be a great one, especially with what the Patriots are doing. I think they're on a three-game, three, four-game win streak, um, and, and the Packers obviously coming off a, a huge loss and or a disappointing loss, I should say, in Los Angeles. They really need to get in the win column. They haven't won a game on the road yet, so if they can have this tally up as their first one, that's not, a, that's not too shabby of an opponent to, to have that as their first road win this season. No, that's absolutely true, and uh, it, it should be a shootout. I'm really looking forward to seeing this game on Sunday night. It uh, should be a really, really good shootout nonetheless. Uh, and, and in other NFL news, too, you know, Josh, I was actually just looking at the standings, and I was curious because I was watching all the trades, and the one that really surprised me a couple weeks ago, or I'm sorry, not a couple weeks ago, maybe about a week ago, was Amari Cooper heading to Dallas, and I was curious uh, – because I saw the Monday Night Football ad for the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans coming up, and they were talking about how both of these teams are on the playoff bubble. So I was curious. I was looking at the, I was looking at those standings in the NFC East, and the Washington Redskins at five and two are leading that division. I didn't even realize that. And then you've got yeah, the defending Super Bowl champions. The, the Redskins. 
the Redskins, they're an opponent that the Packers, that, that was, you know, you, when you looked at the Redskins and you looked at kind of their make of the team, you know, yeah, they got Alex Smith and the, they have some weapons, but you really weren't tabbing them as a successful, to be a success this season, especially with what Philly was coming off last year. And just the Philly special, them winning the Super Bowl, that, that everyone really tabbed that division as Phillies. And here, you, here, here, lo and behold, you have the Redskins not pulling away, but but definitely with a, a, a decent lead there um, in the NFC East. And it's like the Packers, they played them, I think it was week three, the first road game uh, of Green Bay's schedule. And the Packers go in there, and they really just they get their asses kicked the, the whole game. They lose Muhammad Wilkerson for the season. Um, not just that, they they suffered like three or four injuries to to big name guys, uh, and th- that it was it was it was a terms of like the environment of the game, the setting of the game. It was a rainy day. It rained the entire game, like literally <laughs> the entire game. It it was raining as I was walking the stadium. You know, hours before rain throughout the game did not stop, and even on my way home, like three four hours after the game, it was still raining. So it was just that kind of day for the Packers, and yeah, the Redskins are there. They're, I mean, that's turned out to be a good loss for the Packers because the Redskins, they're actually turned out to be a pretty good team. Yeah, and the thing, too, is they have the addition of Adrian Peterson, which was kind of a head-scratcher when you first saw it, but now it it seems like he's been somewhat resurrected a little back and forth. Uh, he He's not, of course, you know, the Adrian Peterson that came out of Oklahoma and just the explosive nature when he was uh, out of the Minnesota backfield, but at the same point, you know, he's he's still putting up decent numbers for a guy his age. So it's it's interesting to see that for this for this Washington offense uh with the addition of Alex Smith of course uh, under center. So that yeah, that's that was something that just kind of turned my head right now and uh yeah, other than that though, just wanted to bring that up real quick. Uh Yeah, Josh, against the Packers, Pablo, he actually ran for 100 plus yards. So, I mean, yeah. he's still capable of putting up those big numbers and it's funny we mentioned the Redskins. That's actually HaHa Quinn and Dix's new home got traded today, just a few hours ago, for a fourth round pick. And all of a sudden, it's not just the the Washington offense that has these weapons now. With um, it's it's their secondary. They have two. Of, I mean, you got DJ Swearinger. He leads the the NFL in interceptions with four. And then you got add a guy like HaHa Quinn and Dix, tied for second interception in the league. He's got three. So that's already seven picks. You know, they've only played seven games. Between those two players, they're averaging an interception a game. So uh, you definitely had to keep tabs on the Redskins moving forward just on both sides of the ball. And, and we can't uh, we can't downplay, though, the, the move that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles put together, though, today getting Golden Tate as Tate. one of the wideouts. That, that should be a big one. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to make a crazy big impact, but nonetheless, it's still going to make an impact for this Philadelphia offense. Uh, it really needs to get things going. Uh, I think Carson Wentz coming back, he's he's dealt with a little bit of, not injuries, but you know, just some complications a little bit here and there. Of course, you know, you're coming back from an ACL tear. You're still trying to get used to things. Um, and I, I think right now Philadelphia is still going through a little bit of that process. I don't think that they are going to be in as much of a rut, though, as they seem right now. I think they're still going to get things going together. Um, but the the addition of Golden Tate should be really good. Josh, you know, off the cuff, uh, what, you know, what are you thinking on uh, off of that? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a, that's a very solid addition for them. You look at the offense, you know, they lost some pieces via the offseason. You know, they lose Trey Burns to Chicago, and 
Alshon Jeffrey, man, it's just kind of he's he hasn't fallen off, but he's definitely had a, a slow start to the year. I know he was hampered with injuries, so this definitely helps them in terms of of stock at at receiver. And I think I really like what you said. Both Alshon and Carson, they've just been off the slow starts. We're 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 coming back from some pretty serious injuries, and you know what, what is their record again? Are they at four and four? They're at four and four. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, you just look at that, and it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the Super Bowl blues, like the hangover type. It kind of reminds me after, you know, the Cavs win the title after they, you know, make a story historic comeback, and you know they they defeat the Warriors uh, the season after. I, I forgot what it was, but the, they went off to an extremely terrible start, and LeBron was like, "Man, we got to get off party mode, and we just have to to refocus," and that's. I feel like that's where the Eagles are, and I think they're they'll be able to get it together and hopefully make that a competitive division there with the Redskins. And um, yeah, you know, transitioning to other sports too, uh, with with teams that tried to get out of the party mode right away. There was a lot of criticism of the Cubs uh, right after they won the World Series in 2016. There was uh, some criticism last year in 2017 uh, if if they were you know too much in party mode basically and. Um, the Houston Astros were asked this year. I think it was. I want to say it was Dallas uh, Dallas um, that was was asked if they were still, you know, in the quote unquote playoff hangover mode, and, and he he actually said, "We're not the Cubs." That's all he had to say uh, for the Houston Astros coming back into this past season. Uh, transitioning over to that though, too, Josh. Um, I know we had some World Series talk in the the episode that we previously planned out, but now the World Series is over, and guess what? The Boston Red Sox are the World Series champions. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much inevitable. I know your your beloved Dodgers. You were <laughs> you were hoping for them to maybe pull out some type of I don't want to say comeback because it was never really competitive, Pablo. But oh I man, mean, wow! Yeah. Just just tell me. Yeah, just, I mean, the, just tell me how you the really Red feel. Sox deserve it, and they're a likable. You know, everyone's you know stealing signs nowadays. But you look at the make of the team, the chemistry of the team. They're a likable group of guys. And shout out to June Lee, our our friend over at Bleacher Report via AAJ Sports Task Force, he was able to uh, cover the entire World Series and cover his hometown team. And I know that must have been an emotional moment for him, but um, there really was no team in, in, in the postseason, I think, that, that could have beaten the Red Sox. You just saw how dominant they were on um, really all phases of the game. Offense, the, their pitching was stellar. And you got, when you got plays like Andrew Benetani diving to make those game literally game ending <laughs> ending type catches it's just that's hard to go against and the, the the red sox really um i think showed they deserved it this year the, the cubs definitely did not deserve anything their offense just they couldn't hit anything this year man especially when it mattered <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so um are you you're not not all, the killer bees too in in the boston office you got ben attendee uh mookie Betts, and jackie bradley jr but None of those guys came out with the World Series MVP. Instead, a guy that uh, not too many people expected out of, Stephen Pierce. Stephen Pierce being the World Series MVP. A guy who was paid to play on a different team. The Toronto Blue Jays paid the Boston Red Sox to take on his contract, and lo and behold, now he's got the last laugh. He's the World Series MVP. Yeah, not just that. You know, I'm a big, um, I grew up reading a lot of magazines, a lot of newspapers, and he's the Sports Illustrated Eastern next I want to say next week's cover or this week's cover. And I, I saw a tease of that. So, I mean, that's a, that's one, you know, every time 
uh, a team wins a World Series or wins the NBA championship, whatever sport, the Super Bowl, uh, one of the best moments are always the hours that follows of them holding up the cover of, you know, their local hometown paper or the Sports Illustrated cover for that for that next week, for that day. That's kind of one thing that I miss about being at a paper working for the Athletic. It's obviously all digital now. But, you know, if you look at, man, Steve, Steve Pearson, you know, he's going to be able to pick up that Sports Illustrated and he's a new cover boy. And that's always uh, an exciting feat to, to be able to have that on your, your resume, per se. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's going to be that's a sweet one for sure. And like I said, I'm, I'm almost certain that Steve Pierce has the last laugh. Um so, yeah, you know, jumping into a bunch of different sports right now. So the reason why, though, too, of course, uh, when I was talking with Josh about this episode in particular, I actually really wanted to do an NBA episode when I was talking to him, even though, oddly enough, Josh is Josh is a staff writer for the Green Bay Packers at The Athletic. I wanted to do an NBA episode, and he's like, well, hang on, dude. we got a lot of sports going on here. Oh, no, so, we could talk basketball all day, my friend. You obviously know that's my favorite sport to play. To, to just be watching um so we can talk basketball any day <laughs> there we go well of course so we got a little bit of our football we got uh, got a little bit of football got a little baseball now let's let's jump into it the nba season's starting it's looking great um hopefully you know by the time i post this episode too this statement will still be true the milwaukee bucks are the only the last the last team that remains undefeated in this nba season with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and let me say that again, Giannis Antetokounmpo, my MVP this season, which I'm totally going for, they're undefeated still, Josh, and that looks pretty sweet for Milwaukee fans for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's funny, just the Bucks, man. It's you know, I obviously have to pay somewhat attention to them living up here in Wisconsin, the road, and you know, I don't really see it as surprising that they have a really good make of a team, and Giannis has been a star in the making this entire time, and now he's he's living out basically. You know, you want to tab it. I know he's your MVP, but an MVP type year. And man, I was just looking at the stats the other day, and not only is he up there in points, he's like averaging almost like freaking fifteen rebounds a game. My and goodness. it's like, how do you stop that, man? Like that's that's insane. Oh, that that is he he just he legitimately is just unstoppable. You know what I'm really excited for is when his brothers start coming into the league too. Uh, Costas, who signed a two-way contract after he was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so he'll be splitting time with their G League team and also be playing with Dallas as well. I'm super excited for him because he's also as athletic. I want to say he's a he right off the bat is a little bit – well, now I can't really say that he's a better scorer. But in terms of when Giannis came into the league versus Costas, he's a little bit more of a score-first type of uh, thing. But Giannis has just developed into – such an incredible he already was such a great athlete and now he's becoming a great uh, all around he can almost you know he can play all five positions really if we look at it that way he's a great ball handler he can drive he's strong he can shoot uh, i think he's still working a little bit on the on the uh, outside perimeter jump shot but at the same point he is a phenomenal player all around and he is putting up some phenomenal numbers too like i said and like actually well like you said Josh actually that he's putting up some Great numbers, averaging about, you say, 15 rebounds a game right now? Yeah, and, you know, oh. we talk about, man, it's just it's so exciting to, to if you're an NBA fan right now. You know, everyone talks about how the Warriors are dominating, which, by the way, Clay Thompson, 14 three-pointers against the no. uh, Chicago Bulls. Oh, um, my God. We'll talk, talk about, about that some more. 
you talk about a day and age where, you know, the Warriors are dominating and super teams and um, all that, but you look at the East, and it is going to be the first time in a very, very long time that a team that does not have LeBron James will win, win the East, will come out and, and compete for an NBA title, and that's kind of really exciting just knowing that. And I know the, the Bucks just played the Raptors yesterday, and it was a game that the Bucks kind of um, really handled. But it's, I think it's going to come down to those two. I know there are other teams in the East. Trust the process. I know you're a big Philly guy over there. Yes, sir. Um, but I think right now, I mean, we're getting some early returns of that, you know, Milwaukee and Toronto. Those are kind of the two top teams there. And I know there's going to be a lot of uh, – a handful of teams behind them competing for that spot to to represent uh, LeBron James less East in the NBA Finals, most likely against the Warriors. Uh, but when it all comes down to it, that's that's really the most exciting part is that another team without LeBron is going to be your Eastern Conference Championship this year. And speaking of teams without LeBron, his former team, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, just announcing too that they are firing Tyron Lue as the head coach, which, well, you know, there's a lot of jokes on, uh, especially on Twitter, saying that this was, quote, his first year actually as the head coach, uh, you know, that, with that <laughs> joke being that LeBron James basically was a coach, which, I mean, it, it, let's just say that it really looked like he was. He was controlling. He uh, he basically had a hundred percent of that say. And Teron Lou was just you know the guy sitting in that head coach spot. Uh, reason being too, I, I want to say that there were some uh, there were some issues too, especially with J.R. Smith with Kyle Korver potentially being told that hey you guys are going to be taking on a different role. They didn't like that, and uh, there was a little bit of a dispute once again with with Dan Gilbert and some things going back and forth and. Now they don't have a head coach. Yeah, and it's funny that you brought up the Twitter jokes and everything. And, you know, I love the Internet. I know it can get dangerous at sometimes with the crazy things people say, but I forgot what meme it was. But they're like, today is a bad day to be named Ty. And that was, they were referencing, obviously, Ty Lu, what we were just talking about. <laughs> and Ty Montgomery, you know, he fumbles the, the last kickoff, uh, denies Aaron Rodgers a chance of, of making that – the comeback that we've all known to see, and it was a bad day to be Ty on, I think, yeah, Sunday. So, I don't know, but in regards to Ty Lue, that's kind of a small, I mean, how many games did he have under his belt this season? Was it six? Yeah, they, they fired him after going 0-6. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to give a guy more slack than that. So, there's there's more issues than that, and then I think one of the positives of this situation, you know, obviously a very negative situation, um, even on that degree, you know, you never want to see anyone lose their job because uh, you just think about how that affects you personally. But you look at uh, LeBron James and not just him, but, you know, other of his former, Ty Lue's former players, and uh, they come out, they, they po- make posts on Instagram, they make posts on Twitter, and they show their support. Um, but I, I can imagine Cleveland's going to be in the cellar for a while now without LeBron. Yep, absolutely, and it's it's an interesting time uh, being a Cleveland Cavalier fan for sure. Let's move on over to the West, Josh. Uh, Lakers are two and five right now. I know LeBron has said too that they don't. No one wants to see LeBron when his patience gets tested. I know we were talking about that too. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit when Cleveland had that celebration when they beat Golden State in seven games on the road to bring home that championship, and they had a little bit of that that NBA Finals championship hangover come next season, and that tested LeBron's patience for sure. I'm sure last year too in Game One of the NBA Finals with that controversial J.R. Smith play, and 
Uh, I'm not sure if it, if it was official that LeBron ended up breaking his hand because he punched the whiteboard, but um, yeah, you, I'm sure you don't want to upset LeBron James. Right now, the Lakers are looking so-so at 2-5, and five, um, and, and all eyes, I think, are pretty much on them in the Western Conference. We'll get to the Golden State Warriors in a second of that amazing performance, but Josh, I want to talk about this real quick. I was just looking at the standings. Number two in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. They are sitting at number two right now. Yeah, and I mean, they've really, really performed well at home. They're still undefeated at home. And, you know, I got to plug the, the old Illinois State alum. Uh, you know, my, my connection there, Katie Wingy, um, one of our former, or uh, not former, uh, uh, another media head. Um, she's the regional reporter at their Fox station, covers, them, covers the Denver Nuggets for Altitude TV. It's her first year on the job. Uh, so I, I keep tabs on her social media and how, um, you know, her game-to-day her game to game updates and and the birds the birds have their fifth NBA player to play in an NBA game this season with Devon Akun Purcell. I know you're familiar with that name, Pablo. He went up against Bradley just a couple years ago, and uh, so their bird connections up there in Denver. But but back to the real show, man. The Nuggets are, um, I mean, really a surprising team, and they're getting it done at home, which is where you got to win your games and. You know, with that formula, I can I can see them staying up there. I mean, I could obviously throughout the season you're going to drop some games, but uh, with the sustained success they have, I mean, with Jamal Murray, with I mean, they have a lot of pieces. That's a good team, and if they can continue that, I imagine them being like a top five team in the West. I mean, finishing five four in the West. Do you think that's imaginable? Oh, absolutely, and and you took the you took the words right out of my mouth too with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. We can't forget about the Joker. Uh, he is he is just a force to be reckoned with down low. He can score left and right, go perfect from the field, and he's he's just such a big body. So hard to contain him defensively that he could just get to the cup uh, super easily. So that's another guy too that I want to point out. Uh, but yeah, Jamal Murray is also taking off on another level. So that combination with those two guys is is incredible. So uh, but yeah, it's it's great to see the Denver Nuggets. Great to see some uh, some local shoutouts too for you, Josh. That's uh, that it really is amazing. To, to get to hear those connections as well. By the way, jo- or everybody, Josh pretty much knows just about everybody, it seems like. <laughs> uh, well, any any corner I go, uh, wherever I talk about, hey, you know, my friend who, who writes for The Athletic at Green Bay or somebody that mentions ISU, somebody that does this, they're like, wait, you know Josh Tolentino? My goodness, Josh, who don't you know <laughs> is the better question out here. You got You've got a connection just about everywhere, it seems like. Oh, stop playing it off, Pablo. I think it's uh, that all just goes back to, uh, I think, your past podcast with, with James Co. It's all about just pushing forward, man, and, and really making the most out of all your situations. And even in the, the worst and most negative situations, just continue to push through because this business and what we do, it's it's a tough it's a tough industry. You know, you're seeing people get cut off, laid off, um, left and right, and uh, just the lack of, of opportunity that's really out there in terms of what we want to do. When it when you think about this industry, not just journalism, but specifically with sports, we get to cover sports for a living, man, and that's just a blessing in itself. And it's not like we have a, and no knock on you know these people that are working nine to five cubicle desk jobs, but it's not like we're we're sitting in an office all day. We're out on the field. We're we're in the press box. We're doing this this thing that we love, that we loved growing up, that we love playing in. You know, even up to this day, and 
just got to be consistent, man. And I'm super, super proud of you. I know we didn't spend too much time talking about this because uh, we did on our last, you know, failed episode. But, man, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. WEK, Central Illinois, that's that's a great station. And I can't, I, I couldn't be more pumped for you, man. How have the first uh, couple weeks been down there? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a whirlwind, uh, these last couple weeks. So this actually just, I just finished my first week. Today's my first off day. So on Tuesday, uh, or or Tuesdays and Wednesdays are considered my Saturdays and Sundays, uh, which is really weird to think about right now. Cause, uh, technically I, well, I am a sports supporter and I, I will actually be starting on weekends. By the way, actually, uh, Thursday is the first day we go live. So we do this show called prep rally and it's for high school football teams getting ready. Actually, I think we covered, uh, high school soccer last week on the prep rally show, but it's for local central Illinois teams getting ready. We're going out to Tri Valley this Thursday, and I'm doing a couple live interviews, uh, live shots out there. So that'll be really cool. That's uh, that's gonna be the first one. So getting excited for that. But I want to say too, thank you so much for for everything that you said, Josh. Too, you know, it really does mean a lot. And uh, I know we talked about this too in the last episode that uh, didn't get to make it onto the airwaves just yet. But Josh really did uh, help me get, or really helped me get to this point especially with the the pass that we did with Eagle News International, getting to cover a lot of the NBA games, kind of taking on the producer role, switching to on-air with both of us going back and forth. Um, and, and, yeah. Oh, Pablo, Pablo, Pablo. We got a issue, a correction. It wasn't back and forth. It was I did the first couple games of the season, and then we added you on, and then it was um, I think our second or third game together. And, you know, up until then, you were recording everything. You were You were shooting everything. You were taking all the pictures. And then you're like, hey, could I could I get on cam for, for one of these? And I said, you know, by all means. And, dude, after that, literally you took off with it, and I think you did every single game after that. And you really made the most of it, man. It, it's all on you, and, you know, I'm super proud of you, and you definitely deserve this. So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, able to play a just a small part, small role in, in your success now, and I know you're going to kill it down there, dude. Thanks, man. I really, really appreciate that. And um, Josh? Josh, you're also killing it. Uh, Josh, once again, everybody, I, I, uh, I, I don't want to uh, take the spotlight away from him too because Josh is uh, just doing even bigger things out there. Like I said, writing for The Athletic, a really great new platform for online digital sports journalism, adding some heavy hitters, Ken Rosenthal, a bunch of different guys. I want to say Peter Gammons is part of that team too, Am I, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. We got a, I mean, really an all-star lineup when you look up and down the board. I mean, the ball, you got Glazer. Uh, basketball, we got our boy Shams. It's just uh, oh wait, you guys have Glazer? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, um, Glazer, Lindsey Jones. Um, you know when Josh it comes Tomatino. to basketball, obviously. Yeah, Shams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you want to throw the name out there, definitely. Um, still making my uh, trying to you've got the blue check mark here. though, dude. <laughs> nah, you've you, got it. You you're, you're gonna get that blue check mark one day. <laughs> one and one day soon, I should add that. We'll see. Maybe I'll put in the application process in a little bit. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, yeah, no, that's awesome, man, though. But, hey, like I said, though, thank you so much for everything. Uh, Josh, once again, uh, really great friend of mine, of course, and, and helping me kind of get to this point. Josh, um, we talk about our paths and and how we kind of get to different things. And, and James also put it out, too, you know, a couple weeks ago when he was on the episode is that and uh, is that the path for everybody, especially in this industry, you know, there's there's not one single way to get to, you know, whatever your dream job is in this industry. You know, you got to go through you got to go through different uh, hoops and uh, and all that. And and before you know it, you're there. But 
you know, you got to put in some different type of works in here and there. So I want to ask you, Josh, uh, in terms of just developing this passion, how did you kind of discover that this is the industry that you wanted to go into? Honestly, man, you know, I, I know we plug AJ a lot, and I know you do specifically from listening to your past podcast. Um, but really, you know, uh, in, in junior college and, and everything that I was doing, um, I knew I liked newspapers, and I joined the, the, the student newspaper there at College of DuPage, our local community college, played basketball there. Um, and after that, transferred. But before that was my first time attending a AAJA convention. And really, that, that kind of sparked everything. It was just seeing the success um, that other people, specifically to my ethnicity and uh, my background and, and my heritage. And I don't want to pin this just on, you know, Asian people. There are obviously other people that attend other of people of other backgrounds who attend the conference, but, but that really hit home and, and just um, seeing the success they had getting involved and um, having that, that mentorship and, and that backing and that support. And I think you can obviously attest to it too. And you have is you just have to have the, the right people behind you. Cause um, once you have that, it's like even in the worst situations and um, without getting into too much detail, I'm, I'm sure my mentors can, can speak of this. And even you and me on a personal level, the, you know, when you have the right support group and the, the people backing you up, you can get through anything, man. And even the most negative situations you're able to, to push through. And ultimately that comes down to you and how you want to, to, to deal with your obstacles and your trials. But, uh, if you have that, that support group, that, that backing to, to help push you through, you can get through anything. And that's really the biggest thing I learned over the past couple of years. And it's like, man, I look back and, you know, even just scrolling through Instagram and, and going through your photos and you, you do a couple of scrolls and it's like, man, I was doing this just a couple of years ago. And it's now I'm, you know, I have this job, I have this reporter job. And, um, so it's still a journey, man. You you can never assume that you make it. I think that's the biggest piece of advice that I have that I've learned. Because mm-hmm. uh, cause when you make it, you know, you, you forget the work ethic that you, you had to get to that point. So it's a grind, man. It, it's um, definitely got to keep pushing through. But I'm excited that we have all, all of um, each other and our friends to, to keep moving on. No, exactly. And, and um, once again, taking the words right out of my mouth, it, it's it's exactly that. And just to reiterate it, the, the support group that we have is important, you know, when, when you have, um, you know, I'm really blessed to, to have great friends like you, to have great friends like so many in our uh, AAJA group, especially the sports task force, you know, not even actually, not even just the sports task force, but AAJA in general, uh, the the amazing friends that we've made, uh, the, you know, you, be, you of course, you know, me, uh, me and you just meeting last year, and on top of that, just getting to meet so many different people as well. And then, of course, uh, I'd like to give, you know, special thanks to my family. You know, I was just talking to, uh, as as I hit the road, you know, coming out here, too, with WEEK, we really cover as many uh, prep sports as we can, especially over these last few weeks with volleyball, with soccer, and uh, football, all high school levels, going through postseason runs, and also cross-country, too. Uh, so we're so I, I'm on the road a lot uh, these last few days, and I've been calling my family and friends as I hit the road, uh, of course, you know, making sure that it's hands-free devices just to make sure those safety questions are out there. Uh, but nonetheless, so still calling my family and um, getting getting those positive words of encouragement and uh, the amazing support, too. Uh, it's, it really is a blessing, and, and it's a humbling thing. 
And uh, once again, though, too, Josh, you know, of course, you know, us being great friends, it's always great to to have your support. You know, I've got your back, too. And, you know, I'm really glad that uh, we're both here for each other. Um, and uh, it's always an exciting ride for sure. Yeah, brother, let's do it, man. You're going to kill it at EK. It's like <laughs> before you know it, uh, you can um, you're going to be in, in great places. You're already in a great place and you have you know amazing things ahead of you, Pablo. Thanks, man. Thank you, and, and of course, same to you, Josh. Um, you know, we're it's it's cool to get to see you know where everybody's at in their journey right now, and uh, you never know where we're gonna end up. But the the big thing though too is, and and I just say this to everybody too, of course, is you never know where you're gonna end up, but at the same point, um, just enjoy the ride too, and, and that's what um, you know my mentors as well just get to say to me, uh, especially big big shout out to Melissa Kim, who you also get to see a lot too, Josh, out covering uh, Packers games from time to time. She also tells me too, she's like, especially with me entering in my first television job full time, she's like, you. Um, really want to try to bask as much as you can into this. It's so it's so much fun. It's it can be overwhelming, but at the same point, this is your since this is your first like real like uh, live sports TV experience. Take it all in because this is like the first time you're ever going to experience experience this for the very first time so enjoy enjoy the entire ride because it's a fun time so once again though i wanted to say thank you so much josh uh to for amazing support for being an awesome friend for being episode six or well episode five and six uh the the guests on the podcast for both episodes uh, i know we had a great great conversation last week i know we keep hyping this up too fortunately i am so 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 sorry to everybody that I'm not sure what happened. Josh and I just had a great, great time talking, and lo and behold, we had some technical difficulties. But nonetheless, still a great episode. Well, we talked for, sure. for like an hour and a half. <laughs> we yes, we 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 basically did. We talked for an hour and a half. Uh, so we'll we'll cut it off a little uh, a, a little shorter here. But other than that, though, too. Oh wait, we didn't even get to this real quick. Josh, we didn't even get to cover this game, and usually we loved it, especially last year when we got to see the Golden State Warriors and watching like Steph Curry and how every, how excited everybody was. I, I've never seen a stadium get that full uh, for a pregame shoot around uh, until we went to see uh, the Bulls or when we were covering the Bulls and the Warriors. Like everybody was just there to see Golden State, and and Steph Curry put on a show during pregame. Steph, man, it's it's insane what the Warriors are doing. I was um, I forgot. You know, I'm 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 forgetting the exact numbers, but I just saw a tweet last night. Uh, I want to say Durant went off for like fifty something last week. Uh, Steph went off for or Steph and, and Clay combined for you know seventy plus points mm-hmm. um, within that oh, week, and then Steph, and then Steph went off again, and then Clay yeah. Thompson. Oh my gosh! Like it's just. You know, it's it's a daily thing, and all this happened with like under within a week, and the Warriors are just, you know, I, I, there's haters out there about super teams, and you know this is gonna get boring to watch because they're dominating the NBA. But when you see how fluid their offense is, and it's not just that their defense, they I mean they they play some pretty good defense too. I mean it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to emulate on the court, and uh, they're I mean it, the Warriors are gonna be very successful for a long time. And let's keep in mind too. This is with an injured Boogie Cousins. Yeah, this is without with, Boogie. <laughs> this is without Boogie, the guy that the team just received so much flack for. Actually, if anything, it was more a Boogie that received flack for this move. But it is what it is. At the end of the day, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm going to be excited to see him when he when he hits that court with this team, uh, for sure. But yeah, 14 threes. And did you see what the score was at halftime? It was 92 to 50. They had 92 points. <laughs> 
it was ninety-two to fifty at halftime. I remember I was coming back from. Uh, I was coming. Teams back don't from... even average ninety-two points like Ugh, in a game. I, <laughs> I have a hard time doing that in a in two K. Um, that's for sure. And and um, yeah, here here are the Golden State Warriors putting up video game numbers in this game, especially once again as we say the specific number. Clay Thompson with fourteen threes, an NBA record. In a single Which broke, game. by the way, his own teammate's record, Steph Curry. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like when he gets the, you know, number 11, number 12, number 13, it's like, does, does Steph keep rooting for him? Or no, they, they were all fun in games last night. And that was um, crazy. 52 points, 14 three pointers. And he was wearing a headband. <laughs> yes. And he did say, too, when people are asking him about the headband, he he channeled his favorite movie Jackie character. Moon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jackie Moon of the Flint Tropics, baby. The best team. Best team out there in the ABA. Or, yeah, I think they yeah they were in the ABA or something like that, wasn't it? Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. The ABA. Oh, man. Semi-pro. What and he's only 28 years old. Oh, my God. It's it's crazy. Thing. It, it feels like uh, the Splash Brothers have been around for just, like, so, so long, and and they're still young. They're still, they're still pretty young. They're only a few years older than us, which is crazy thinking about that, too. And, um, yeah, they're – Taking the NBA by storm, the Splash Brothers, man, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they're just getting better and better. And then you got you got more additions, that deep bench too, in, in Golden State. You, they're they're going to be successful for a while, and the the haters are going to hate. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm still going to like watching Golden State basketball because they are just so much fun to watch, even if it does mean taking a toll on our Chicago Bulls. Josh, I I'll just say that too. Bring out the tanks, baby. That's um, <laughs> you know they lose it. They lose. Um, Man, who are they down right now? Chris Dunn, Lori Markinen, Chris Dunn, they... Markinen, and Bobby Portis, and and BP. So I mean, and I know Zach Levine is uh, top five in the NBA right now in, in scoring, I think. But I mean, teams are really starting to hone in on him. It's, it's and now it's like the Bulls are down three of their top four uh, weapons, and you know they're when it, you want to label them as their own team superstars, and it's like, what do the Bulls do now? It's do they compete for that eighth? seventh playoff spot or is it a rebuilding year and i know the nba is trying to counter all the all the tanking and everything but um they're still in rebuild mode and uh eventually they'll they'll be out of not the cellar but they'll be able to compete again and but for now i think the warriors definitely have a hand on this whole nba thing for for at least a few years do the bulls tank for zion that's the real question oh man that is he Zion, who do you who do you compare him to in today's NBA? I don't even know how. You see, here's the, here's the question that I want to. He's say. like a I mix haven't... of a LeBron and a uh, Russell Westbrook and a Mo Bamba. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's a hell of a combination right there. I wonder if he could be. I wonder if he would just be strictly the Monstars team, like LeBron and the in the Tune Squad. Uh, that that part of the episode did make it onto the airwaves too last week, so that was good. But I wonder, maybe we could put Zion. It would be like similar to like how the Dream Team had Christian Leitner coming off the bench. Um, so Zion, Zion could come off the bench for uh, for the Monstars, maybe. But hey, maybe or he could just be the uh, the guy that they get all the powers from. I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, that. That's a great question. But I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave the names that you put out there for the comparison, um, and just go with that. I, I the thing though I want to see more with Zion is uh, what his jump shot looks like. If he could become a better jump shooter, I think he's. You know he's going to be dominant. He's really great on the defensive end too. 
uh, you could see it, that he plays at the top of the key, and that's how he gets his fast break dunks. And, uh, yeah, but other than that, though, I haven't gotten to see him play a whole lot. So that's super crazy, though, thinking college basketball, college hoops, man's right around the summer. Bradley's going to take the MVC. You heard it here first, too, folks, over ISU. Oh, that's, just a, bold, that that's right a bold move, That's a bold move, Pablo. Actually, I, ISU, they're playing their first exhibition game today against Lewis. Uh, I haven't been able to check out the score, but it's, it'll be a interesting year in the Valley. Obviously, you got Loyola coming off a – you know, historic, historic run to the Final Four and really represented the Valley. It's like after they beat Illinois State in the NBC Championship last year, that game I was at. Um, and it's just, between that, it's just, man, you see your hearts get broken, but then you see Loyola and Sister Jean go on a tear and you just keep rooting for them. But, you know, back to the NBC, we're going to be rooting for the Birds and the Braves this year. And um, it's the Birds year, Pablo. Let's just put it like that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I am, of course, for sure, excited for MVC basketball coming back. Braves are looking good. They were a young team, and they're just getting better. I remember my senior year; that was their first season together. They were the youngest team in all of Division One, uh, all of the NCAA Division One teams, uh, for sure. And I think I want to say we won four games that entire season. My um, my senior year at Bradley and. Now, of course, last year, they nearly go undefeated at home. I think they lost their last two games at home. They were the last team to beat Loyola. That was super cool, and they're just going to get better and better. ISU, of course, though, no team to play around with having, you know, getting snubbed, getting snubbed from an NCAA bit. I believe that was two seasons ago, Josh, right? Not to bring up too much of a sore subject, but two seasons? Yeah, two years ago, I, I was able to, to cover that. They went 17-1, and one, was on the road for them for a lot of those games because it was just a – historic season and their only loss was to wichita state in in conference at wichita and then uh to wichita in the nbc championship but um man it's 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 tough to be a birds fan man i I was just looking back at this in the past decade there have been obviously 10 championships played 10 nbc championships pablo guess how many uh of those championships isu has played in and lost i'm gonna take two six Oh, six, whoops. bro. Well, I'm off. Imagine being so close to the NCAA tournament six times. And one time was the first year I transferred to ISU and uh, was covering that game against Northern Illinois, Seth Tuttle. And they were up on them by 20 at half, and they still lose. And, you know, I think that's just they, – they're always the bridesmaid. They, they get to the championship, um, and they can't uh, win. But hopefully this year is, is a different year. the next runners-up trophy. <laughs> if they had one, they 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 would they'd be the front runners for that. But oh I'll, God, I'll be right? seeing you in St. Louis this year, man. There we go. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. You know, speaking of speaking of a uh, number two trophies and and all that, um, uh, you know, this reminds me going back to to World Series talk. Although this kind of stings a little bit. I'm not a Dodger fan, but have a special place in my heart, uh, being one of the former interns. After the Red Sox beat the Dodgers, the New York Post had their headline that says Dodgers lose in five Kershaw hits bump and then they put like an asterisk and then the um the uh, the little line below with that asterisk was Boston wins World Series but they were emphasizing more on Kershaw and on top of that the San Francisco Giants also put out an illustration for the Los Angeles Dodgers saying congratulations on another 
year of participating in the World Series, and it's got Madison Bumgarner and Buster Posey in the back of the drawing with their World Series trophies, and Clayton Kershaw and Yasiel Puig holding these like participation trophies for back-to-back seasons in the World Series. So that was pretty brutal. That was pretty brutal. It was something I also wanted to bring up right now. Yeah, if they had a if they had a participation trophy in the championship game, the birds would that definitely beat the birds' title. But <laughs> man, it, yeah, you never uh, know though. It'll be uh, let's just see how the the chips fall, where the chips fall, and we'll see where we're talking again in March. We'll have to record another podcast. Yes, absolutely. We got to get Nader in on this too. Nader, uh, who writes for the Sun Times, is in uh, is a Loyola alum uh, too. So yeah, I think uh, we we got to get a little. MVC MV3 action right over here. See what I did there? So uh, yeah, yeah I think all be three good. of us were in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, yes, we were. So yeah, other than that though, um, but I think uh, Josh, we are coming close on our time. As much as I'd love to talk with uh, an hour and a half, which we did last week, uh, we'll uh, we'll call it. We'll wrap it up a little bit here. And uh, the final question, Josh, that I love leaving my guests with on every episode of the podcast: Did you have fun? Oh man, Pablo, this was a blast. I know we didn't last, um, you know, an hour and a half chatting this time, but you know, it makes up for it. You combine our, our short episode last time with this one. It, it was a blast, man. Thank you for having me along. And, you know, this is definitely something that I've subscribed to since, since day one with your episode with Dan Tran. And, uh, it's, it's been fun. It's been a fun listen, man. Like what you said, we drive a lot or, I mean, you travel a lot more than, than I do, but, a lot of our friends are always traveling to these different games that we cover, and this is definitely one of the um, things on my to-do list, on my uh, to-listen list, I should say, on my, on my phone. Whenever I'm, um, whenever I know I have an hour ahead of me, I, may, I make sure that the podcast is is on there. So, thank you so much for having me, man. It was a, it was, it was, it was a blast. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Josh, and uh, for being once again not only episode five but episode six, uh, the guest for episode six, uh, episode five and six. There we go. I finally got those words out. Thank you so much, Josh, uh, for everything too. And is there anything else you'd like to say uh, where you could uh, give give us the people your your verified Twitter account? Uh, where can we find you on social media, my dude? Yeah, man, perfect. I was just about to ask if I could get a little uh, plug time. That you can Hurry find up, you got me twenty at- seconds. No, you can find me on Twitter at JCT Sports. Um, you can also obviously find my work there and my my, my author page for the Athletic. And um, I know we we chatted about this in our in the last part that that was able. I think it got recorded. The Lane Taylor barbecue. Yes, yes, it did. Yeah, but that was um, not my most recent story. Obviously, where there's there's been game coverage and uh, trade deadline news today, but. Uh, was able to do a story on Lane Taylor, Packers starting left guard, and he opened his house to me, uh, and we smoked barbecue for almost 20 hours. It was really good barbecue. Um, it was uh, one of the, some, actually some of the best food I've had up here, and was able to to really tell his story and his background, and that's pinned to my Twitter page. But really appreciate Pablo, appreciate the follow, and appreciate the 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 chance to get on here, man. It was it was fun, and I'm definitely going to be looking forward to to listening to more. Well, thank you again, Josh, for everything. Thank you for, um, yeah, of course, being a great guest. 
coming on again after last week's a uh, little bit of mishap. So thank you for transparency and all that too, and, and coming on for another great episode of the podcast. And thank you so much to the listeners. Of course, you can always follow the podcast on Facebook. Uh, give us a, give us a follow on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram as well. You can also leave a voicemail at 312-688. Or I'm sorry, once again, that number is 312-899-6875. I'll give that again. 312-899-6875. Leave me a voicemail. That would be awesome. Uh, give Josh a follow, though, too. Josh has some great content. He always knows when to break news. He's got some great leads. So you don't want to miss out on at JCT Sports on Twitter, which is also a verified account, just to say one more time. Uh, so thanks again to Josh. Thank you so much to the listeners. And um, truly, truly another great episode of the podcast. As always, once again, folks, this is Pablo Iglesias, little Pablo from 27th, reminding you, to make today the best day of your life.